Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to each and every one of you. Thank you. Welcome to Mystical Musings, March 17, 2013, in the Library of Colorado Heights University, beaming out from the highest point in the Mile High City with non-local Myron McClellan <laughs> and me, locally, Lawrence Phillips. Myron is here today non-locally. We're all mystics. We get that, right? No one has a problem. Good. He's here. And we'll be even more here in a little while. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America today. Thank you again for joining us, creating our community of mystics, people seeking to obtain unity with God, with the breath of life, the gentle whisper, Brahman. Yiche Manatu, the great spirit. We're a community of mystics who believe and know spiritual apprehension of truths beyond the intellect. I am because we are. I am because we are one celebrating body and spirit. As our dear friend Tommy Tim says, I hope that we Westerners can be open to learning from the indigenous connection with our Mother Earth and the divine energy of the universe. And Tommy is here with us today. That we may all realize, <coughs> that we may all realize that we are one. Today, Myron and some of our fellow mystics are journeying to John of God, in Abajania, Brazil, near Brasilia, in the center of the country. Let us hold them in our hearts with fervent wishes for deep healings and safe return. They include Mark Sexton, Sandra McIntyre, Catherine Dixon, Eleanor Davini, Anne Pena, Gabe Eggers, and my beloved Myron McClellan. To you, community of traveling mystics, our love, our blessings, our prayers are going with you. Bon voyage. <laughs>
our mystical musing for March 2013. Love calling to love. Intentionality in a new era. As mystics, we are committed to leading a conscious, intentional life. We learn to balance a dependency on grace with creating what we want in our lives. In this musing, we will speak of a new formula appropriate to our new era for manifesting what we want on all levels of our being, utilizing the energy of the fullness of love and sacred resiliency. What is your most dearly felt, fervently held intention right now? Just watch what arises as you ask yourself that question. What is my most dearly felt intention right now? What would I most like to see coming into realization for this approaching springtime? Is it health, healing, work, relationship? Is it, is it in the realm of spiritual practice or realization? Is it awakening for humans as a species? What is your most dearly held intention from the Latin stretching purpose? What is my most deeply held intention? Noticing how you hold that right now. Is it a word or a phrase in your mind's eye? Is it a feeling? Where are you thinking that from your body? Are you holding it in mente, in the mind? Are you holding it in quare, in the heart? Where are you holding the intention right now? For what purpose do you want to begin to stretch toward this equinox of 2013? For the next hour, I would invite you to hold that intention close. Even while you're shutting off your cell phones. Hold that intention close, as close as you can, as close as you're willing. Whatever our intention and whatever our path, there are some fundamental attitudes that we need to embrace in order to fulfill our dearest wish, including the quality of our attention, our abilities to accept and to appreciate our skillfulness with allowing and our ability to come from the heart to love. There are five essential attitudes, the five A's, so well articulated by Dr. David Rico in his remarkable book, How to Be an Adult in Relationships. Thank you, Dr. Rico. 
And so we're focusing today on the quality of our attending, accepting, appreciating, allowing, our willingness to give and receive affection, to open our hearts lovingly. These five essential attitudes are based on needs, needs to be fulfilled by parents, by partners, by ourselves, for ourselves, and as gifts we give to the world. These are the essential ingredients of love, of support, respect, and security, and are the essence of spiritual practice cultivated in meditation and the path of compassion throughout the world. Anchoring and integrating the five A's with body awareness, posture, and ease of action. And we go yet deeper. The five attitudes are the results of and conditions for mindfulness. A waking up of our minds. A holding environment for our psychological and spiritual development. While holding in mind your dearly held intention for springtime 2013. Notice how you are attending to this. What kind of attention do you bring to your dearly held intention? To this hope, this aspiration? Are you daunted by it? Are you ho-hum with it? Can you attend to being on your growing edge attending to holding intention and at the same time keeping your observer intact, watching what unfolds in you about what you're creating today with your intention, noticing sensations, the sensations in your body right at this very moment, practicing mindfulness with the sensations, noticing them, feeling them, going to that part of your body that is them. Noticing as you are doing this, if you are enhanced by crossing your body, by crossing the legs and crossing the arms, if you are, stay there. But just notice whether or not open position with your feet on the ground, your back a little longer, your breath a little fuller, whether that makes any difference at all in terms of how you hold your intention, making a conscious choice. Sometimes we want to have our legs crossed, and that's totally fine. Sometimes we want to move into open position, and that's totally fine, making a conscious choice. Attending in an open and soft way with whatever arises in our body temples while holding this intention. In the mystic lineage of the great Russian mystic, Gurdjieff, sacred movement, or in other lineages, the dervish, or the Hindu mudras, let's add to that long and deeply respected lineage a specific action today. What I'd like you to play with is the following pattern, and I want you to use your hands and arms, and maybe even the rest of your body, sitting for now. You could stand and boogie at home, but for now, sitting. And the pattern is that you're going to create side-by-side infinities. Side-by-side infinities. So it's not this infinity here. It could be, if 
you'd like to play with that, okay. But I'm going to recommend today this infinity. Now, as you're moving, once you get the pattern down, let your eyes deeply soften, if not even be closed, but maybe just a little <laughs> bit open. Having your eyes be very soft eyes, just a little open as you go in and out in this infinity pattern. Noticing, is it easy? If it's not, make it easier. Maybe it needs to be smaller. Maybe it needs to be slower. Noticing the relationship of the pattern to your breathing. Sometimes you'll synchronize your breath and on the exhale, reaching out and on the inhale of the movement coming in. And then it could be vice versa. There's no one way to do it. Just notice at moments what you're doing with your breathing and sometimes synchronize it with the action of creating these infinities. And just notice now, as you are doing this movement, bringing back into mind and into heart the sense of the intention. Let us call it a sacred intention now because it's really something that we fervently, fervently wish and know that we need the help from that which is beyond us to manifest. And so the infinities help to step us beyond time through the action portal of the body, the body temple, temple of the soul. And if you tire, just put your hands down and rest and then feel free to resume either in your mind or in reality. From time to time, just notice. Now, some of you may notice that as you're doing this, that your hands start to tingle. Mine do. There's something happening. Just as I'm beginning at moments to coordinate the action pattern with the breathing. Soft eyes. Soft jaw. If you tire, rest and notice how you are attending to doing two things at once, the body action pattern and holding your intention for spring manifestation. If you breathe into your hands, you might even help them tingle. And when my hands start to tingle in what I think of as a sacred movement, I feel like that's part of the dance with the sacred. That's part of the dance with God. That's part of the Gurdjieffian sacred movements, the whirling dervishes, the mudras, the davening of the sacred traditions in the Hebrew lineage. There's a dance that we encourage and our bodies can give it to us just in the act of sitting and with our arms and holding the intention and moving in and out of our hearts. Wonderful. So rest a moment. And just notice the effect. Let your eyes close maybe for a moment and just sense the deepening of mindfulness around attending enhances self-respect. Respect. Respectare from the Latin to look again. And so we look again at ourselves through the eyes of action 
coming from the temple, in the temple, for the temple, connecting with the sacred. We engage focus by attending more deeply, becoming sensitive to needs and feelings, to sensations, to the quality of embodied movements. The pothole of where this was lacking in our early years becomes a portal, attending yet more deeply. Letting go of judging as that would uh, impede attuning and attending. Cultivating neutrality toward all feelings and moods. We're not always successful with that, but cultivating neutrality. Fearlessly opening to mindfulness. Evoking love as mindful attention. Growing inner safety. Being genuinely interested and curious about the mysterious and the oh-so-surprising truth of who we are, our abundant potential, our evolving mandala, our trusting, holding, attending, and intending in ever-deepening harmonies. So letting this gestate for a little while, the attending, letting it gestate. Einstein suggested it, just let it all go, go on to the next thing, see what comes up, and sometimes it's really brilliant. So you're gestating now. This has been brought into the body. Let it gestate with love.
Victoria. Our dear friend Victoria Coulter blesses us with her magic flutes today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In our process of contemplating our intention in the light of the five fundamental attitudes, we open our hearts to accepting. So you're holding the intention. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm reaching, I'm stretching a little, I'm on, I'm on my growing edge, I'm holding an intention, there's a little part of my head that says, yeah, right, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, no way, it's not going to happen. And I have to bow to that and acknowledge it and let him have a voice. <laughs> but then come back and say, and this is my intention. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm committing myself into. So accepting all the voices. Acceptance doesn't mean you have to act on it, but you do want to accept it. Otherwise, that which we resist persists. Remembering the importance of sitting in a longer, taller position. You're a little more open to your breathing. The internal viscera is easy and comfortable. The jaw is softer. The breath a little more full. Accepting our capacity to influence our own beings in skillful ways by consciously accepting pure mindfulness, seeing all that is, feeling all that is about what is, focusing on what is as it is, accepting the usefulness of embodied action as a prayer affirmation for our equinox intention and beginning the infinity mudra while simultaneously holding our attention. Now, your call, if your body is tiring and you wish to sit in stillness, please. I don't want to have the mystical musings be somatically fascist. So <laughs> if you would like to sit in stillness, absolutely. If you'd like to explore the dance, I found myself just drawn to the flute and to the infinity movement. I just felt pulled to the dance of my own embodied temple with that magnificent music. So, as we go on to a couple more flutings, you may wish to dance your own sacred dance with the action pattern or whatever else you wish to look at. <laughs> but I recommend exploring the infinities. They've got some, some uh, mojo in them. It's never too late to find acceptance and to show it. I am perfectly me, and that is enough. I am perfectly me, and that is enough. Sensing a kindly support of our path, no matter how unusual, of our feelings, even if disturbing, accepting, of our deficiencies, no matter how irritating, accepting, being perfectly you, being enough, being perfectly me, being enough. Surrendering to what cannot be changed. 
trusting it to be useful on my life's path, accepting an unconditional yes to the sobering givens of life. Accepting, accepting, accepting our intentions, accepting our courage to face these intentions, this intention. Accepting the obstacles that will inevitably arise at moments. Accepting our own judgments about ourselves and facing this new path in this new era. Accepting that we can pull from the deepest places of love in our being and constantly surprise ourselves with this wellspring of possibility. Happy St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, generally credited with bringing Christianity to Ireland. The day honoring St. Patrick, uh, officially recognized not until 1976. Do you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> 1976. Being a day of joy and spiritual renewal, honoring St. Patrick for bringing forth the one God and, and the awareness of our eternal soul realizations that bloomed lushly in the already ritually spiritual Celtic environment that St. Patrick came into. May the luck of the Irish be with you. I do have some Irish blood. <laughs> Spring equinox, 2013, 5 a.m. Mountain Time, March 20th. Easter approaches at month's end. There's a deeper spiritual significance now that's revealed in the mystery of resurrection in this year of the snake. With the shedding of the skin itself a symbol of resurrection. A resurrecting time of passion in a year of resurrection, transformation, rebirth. Remembering that snakes do not generate their own heat and take strength from the environment. So intentionally connecting with the environment drawing nourishment, drawing with each breath the enlivening vibration of radiance and love from the environment, not just from within ourselves now, but from the environment around our dearly held intention. Being like a snake, shedding ourselves of the skins of old habits and undesirable behaviors. This is not always a quick process. And a snake must often rub itself against rocks and other rough surfaces to escape the confines of its old and smaller self. Consider the smaller self. You cannot grow unless you cast off the old. You will need to leave a part of yourself behind if you really want to change. You may find some rocks or obstacles in your path, but instead consider them to be tools, resources, that will help shed that extra weight you've been carrying on your shoulders. <sighs> In Christianity, the spring equinox is the time of passion, crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus. Likewise, in ancient Egypt, it is the time of the resurrection of the ancient Egyptian god Osiris. And in Mesoamerica, the resurrection of the maize god. The great sphinx of Giza in Egypt, symbol of resurrection, gazes precisely at the rising of the spring equinox sun. 
the temple of Angkor Wat in Cambodia aligns to the spring equinox and depicts the scene of the struggle between the forces of light and of darkness. At the temple of the feathered spirit in Chichen Itza, Yucatan, Mexico, the feathered serpent Quetzalcoatl ascends the nine terraces of the pyramid on the spring equinox. The spring equinox is a time of great confrontation between the forces of darkness and light in the death and resurrection of the central deities of sacred teachings throughout the world. I respect the divinity within each of you. Namaste. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm glad you allow my non-local body to be here today. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for each and every one of your grace in this matter. Greetings and blessings to my beloved spiritual community. You are in my heart as I leave on another pilgrimage to John of God in Brazil, where I go seeking healing and restoration. I am taking you with me in my heart and offering many prayers for each of you and for the community. This morning, I am with you in spirit. Before, before I go further with remarks on intention and manifestation, I would like to do a very short manifesting exercise. For those of you who are game, here is what I propose. Think of something you want. You got that one down, right? <laughs> Think of something you want. It can be very simple, like a new pair of shoes or something more exalted like a life partner. So, just anything you find yourself wanting. Now put yourself in a state of love and joy and peace. Some of us go there more easily than others, remembering a time. If, you, if it doesn't just turn the switch, remembering a time that love and joy and peace was dearly held by you and you by it. Visualize what you want while staying in your heart. Now, Send love to the object of your desire. Now feel the desired object loving you back. How does that feel? This is the love calling to love form of manifestation. How does your heart feel now? Do you feel connected with the desired object of your affection? Do you feel you might have magnetized it to you? You can also do this with states of being as well as with animate and inanimate objects. So you can send love out to, say, inner peace. And you can then feel inner peace loving you back. Perhaps you would like to give that a try for just a moment. 
Do you feel more relaxed, peaceful? Hopefully you do. Let me know how this goes for you when I return next month. Thanks for joining in this exercise, one that I find delightful and effective. I now want you to speak about the I now want to speak to you about the intentional life and then about the act of intentional manifesting. I believe we begin an intentional life the moment we are called to a spiritual path. We know then that what we want is to live in profound connection with the divine presence. We learn that this means living a life of love, compassion, and awareness. We learn that we can do that by opening always to the influence of grace and divine goodwill, accepting guidance in all we do, say, or think. We learn that we can ask for anything we want while always deferring to divine will. Our intention becomes to embody the divine presence more and more in our daily lives. This is the true intentional life. It is to say again to live in conscious connection, indeed constant oneness with all that is. There are, of course, other intentions that come along with our dedication to the spiritual life. We must decide what work we can do that is compatible with our own unique gifts and talents. We also make decisions regarding our personal life that will reflect our spiritual commitment. And there are a myriad of other choices that we will be called upon to make during our sojourn on earth. And so we spend a lot of time asking the question, what is the best way to pray for what we want? In our mystical way, we call this the question of intentional manifesting. And we read many of the thousands of books written on the subject. We're introduced to the notion of affirmations, visualizations of so-called scientific forms of prayer. And most of us give them all a bit of a shot with varied results. I call these and many like them the mental approach to manifestation. The secret is a recent example of this mental approach. More recently, we have books proclaiming the efficacy of using our feelings to create. This makes more sense to me, as I have noticed over the years that if I'm in a state of fear, I will call to me the object of my fear. So, to give an example, I held an intense fear of being lost in the woods, and indeed I did get lost a few times before I realized that my fear was responsible for my losing my way. And so I worked with the fear, facing it, feeling it, and in the process, learned a lot about how not to get lost. And the fear and its manifestation left me. The much stronger feeling of love I find to be even more efficacious in creating what I want, so much so that I have come to believe that even when I don't name an object, a person, or a state of being, almost everything in my life is there because I love it. When I find myself daydreaming about something I want, I ask myself if I really want it. And if I do, I love it into existence. <laughs> Doesn't that sound just like Myron? Yes. <laughs> Beloved, you're doing great. <laughs> 
though I could apply this principle to so much of my life, I want to give one striking example. I prayed ardently to talk to an advisor of mine that I couldn't locate. I was in my heart visualizing my friend, and only hours later, he appeared for a surprise visit from California. Now, I think that God will move heaven and earth to get us anything we want if we want it with all of our hearts. Most of the time, we do not even need to pray for it or do the, or do the love calling to love process. If it is in our hearts, it will ultimately be in our lives. In the quantum era, we learn another step to accelerate the process of manifesting. This is a refinement of the emotional, mental, spiritual ways we have described. Diane Collins teaches us to bring the future into the present by going to our hearts, feeling joy and peace, and visualizing what we want, holding it in a state of love and joy for a minute or two. Then we release it releasing it to the universe, knowing that together we're bringing into our lives what we intend. This upgrade is significant. This brings love and joy and peace to the manifesting process and makes it much more efficacious and meaningful. This is the manifesting technique I have been using until very recently when I discovered an additional element to add to this process that I'd never thought of before. I'm using it, I'm excited about it, and I've just offered it to you in the exercise that began my remarks. Here it is again. I begin with a supposition based on experience that in oneness we discover that we are made of the same love as that of the divine. The intentional life is love calling to love. In the words of my friend and Karen Van Landingham, who also uses this phrase of love calling to love, to name the essence of the new era we began on the winter solstice this last year. The manifesting practice I have recently discovered, I am also calling love, calling to love. To review, I send love to whatever my heart is desiring, and then, and this is the new part of the discovery, I feel the object of my desire loving me back. So, to repeat the process. I have the intention of buying a cabin in the woods where I can go to meditate. I picture the cabin and I love it and I feel the cabin loving me back. I feel as if I have made a connection with the cabin and that I draw it to me in this way. So for any material thing I may want, I love it and I feel the love coming back to me. Love calling to love. This new way of intending brings me brings up in me joy and wonder and celebration, whereas the old way of manifesting often infects me with fear and longing. The change is truly remarkable. This works very well with emotional desires, such as wanting the perfect partner. One looks at the imagined partner with love and then feels her or him returning that love. A connection is established, love calling to love. In my morning and evening meditations, I have recently been opening to the love of the Father, Mother, God and feeling it deeply. This is what we spoke about in the last musing, feeling outrageous love coming at us from the divine presence. Feeling outrageous love coming to us from the divine presence. 
And then it occurred to me to add to the process, my sending love back to the divine parents. The act of loving God puts us in a state of adoration, and that state is sacred and deeply meaningful. So I do a version of love calling to love now also with the guides and the teachers that I call upon each and every day. When I call each name, I send the guide my love and then pause a minute to feel the love coming back to me. Now I'm connected in a profound way that I feel that connection throughout the day. I renew it at night and go to sleep in the deeply peaceful feeling that love calling to love is offering me more love than I could possibly know. Now I also think of each of my guides sending love to each one and feeling their love coming back to me. The quality of the love varies with each guide, and I feel connected in a beautiful and very profound way. I am love calling to love. This manifesting technique works very quickly and derives its power from the fact that your object of desire is just as eager to come to you as you are to have it in your life. It's very reassuring as well as extremely effective. When done this way, you do not spend your day obsessing about your intentions because you feel already that they are solidly in place. For the past several weeks, I have been sending my love to all the spirit guides who work at the Casa of St. John in Brazil and then feeling them loving me back. As this process doesn't take long and always brings a smile of reassurance, I do it several times a day. In the evening, I connect again. And in the quantum think way, imagine I am sleeping on the beautiful grounds of the casa, sending all life there my love and blessing and feeling the love and blessing coming back to me as I am falling asleep. I will see what difference this makes in the experience there and report back to you when I return. I hope you will try this love calling to love technique and see how it works for you then let me know the results as this way uh, of working uh, begins. It's gestating in you. It's growing. It's cultivating. I need data. <laughs> let me know. Much love to all of you from me and from Gabe Eggers, who is traveling with Myron with me, and from Nathani, who is driving us there. You're in our thoughts and prayers, and Gabe and I and Mark, Sandra, Catherine, Eleanor, will take you to us, with us to Brazil and pray for each of you and for the community itself. Please feel our love for you, then send your love back to us, and we will have a wonderful time being love calling to love. Namaste.
there are some who say that what we are engaged in now, today, here, is a form of divine play. And I am particularly reminded of that, hearing the sounds of the children, playing in the mystic fields of the Lord. So our Equinox 2013 intention is getting a contemplative workout in the temple of our fundamental attitudes. While holding intention, we are now appreciating. With a longer, taller spine, fuller breath, open, easy face, as open position as you're willing to be in at this moment, softer body, Deeper breathing. Your call in whether or not you would like to use the mudra. If you would, please do feel free. If you'd like to go in and out of it, feel free. If you'd like to sit in stillness, feel free. Appreciating the depth of your soul's yearning to manifest your heart's desire. Appreciating the courage, appreciating the courage that you have to be on your growing edge about this remarkable intention that you are holding so dearly for this year. Appreciating that behind every complaint that might arise is an unfulfilled need whether directed outwardly in some relationship or in relationship with ourselves. A form of reparenting ourselves is appreciating ourselves. I admire you. I delight in you. I prize you. This can be said outwardly or inwardly. You can prize yourself. Delight in the self. I acknowledge, I acknowledge me and I acknowledge my potential. I appreciate me as unique. Such encouragement facilitates our acquiring the riches of personal worth and self-confidence. Appreciating. I am thankful for all that has been and open to all that will be. I show appreciation for everything I receive. Appreciatively finding and expressing my attitude of gratitude. Grateful for the unfolding, the funfolding of my intention with the world. Appreciating. Incipient evidence for mass positive transformation has made itself known to me again. I seem to have a connection in that direction, and I would like to share it with you. It came from a really remarkable source this time. When war between Israel and Iran seemed imminent, an Israeli graphic designer shared a poster on Facebook of himself and his daughter with a bold message that says, Iranians, we heart you. 
Other Israelis quickly created their own posters with the same message. And Iranians responded in kind. This simple act of communication inspired surprising Facebook communities like Israel loves Iran. Iran loves Israel. (laughs) And even Palestine loves Israel. Thank you, Harvey. (laughs) What a gem, what a gem. Thank you. Our Israeli graphic designer accidentally designed an online movement for peace in the Middle East when he posted a Facebook image that declared, Iranians, we will never bomb your country. Fabulous, inventive, unexpected, incipient evidence for mass positive transformation. Segway. Mating. Mating is pretty important. (laughs) It's a pretty important activity for humans. So under that category, since the December solstice of the end of time as we know it, one of the presentations that I'd like to give, only when outstanding evidence ventures forth. I submit to you this month's candidate from a mid-January Sunday-style section in the New York Times, the lead article entitled The End of Courtship. Says one young millennial, the word date should almost be stricken from the dictionary. Dating culture has evolved to a cycle of text messages, each one requiring the code-breaking skills of a Cold War spy to interpret. Text messaging is one step below a date and one step above a high five. (laughs) Dinner at a romantic bistro? Forget it. Millennials are these days lucky to get a last-minute text to tag along. Instead of dinner and a movie, which seems as obsolete as the rotary phone, they rendezvous over phone texts, Facebook posts, and instant messages. The new date is hanging out, debating whether actually dating is equal to being each other's main hang. (laughs) If it does get to dinner out, it's hard for men to read women exactly right these days. You don't know whether if choosing a wine without asking asking her opinion will meet her yearning yearning for old-fashioned romance or strike her as boorish and macho. There's more. There was a time when asking someone on a date required courage, strategic planning, and a considerable investment of ego, as even by telephone, rejection stings. Not so with texting and email, Twitter, all of which removes the need for charm. It's more like dropping a line in the water and hoping for a nibble. (laughs) Says one female millennial, I've seen men put more effort into finding a movie to watch on Netflix than composing a coherent message to ask a woman out. A typical annoying query is the last minute. Is anything fun going on tonight? More annoying still are the men who simply ping and say, hey, or sup. Online dating services, which have gained mainstream acceptance, reinforce the hyper-casual approach by greatly expanding the number of potential dates. Faced with a never-ending stream of singles to choose from, many have a sense, oh, oh, get ready for it, of FOMO, 
a new diagnostic category, fear of missing out. FOMO. It's in the PDR. Physician's desk reference. Another reason traditional dates are being rendered obsolete is because the purpose of the first date, learning about someone's background, education, politics, and cultural tastes, now Google and Facebook have taken care of that. We're all PhDs in internet stalking these days. And thus, I propose this month that the end of courtship is clear evidence for the end of time as we know it. <laughs> Contemplate that for just one moment. <laughs> Let us begin to complete this month's mystical musing of love calling to love by this next fundamental attitude, allowing. You have your intention. You're on your growing edge. There's stuff coming up that's light. There's stuff that's coming up that's dark. Allowing, breathing integrating the temple so that you're longer, taller, sitting with a spine that allows the free flow of energy, sitting with a softer jaw so you don't get fixed. The big bugaboo in our culture is that we fixate our attention. We fixate our attention. Whether we are fixated in the temple so we hold a certain position very frequently for extended period of time, we fixate our attention, letting it become dynamic, some of you know about EMDR, the pattern where you're going from side to side with the tapping. That's fundamental in breaking up the pattern of fixation. We can do that ourselves. Just allow your attention, especially when you're holding your intention. When you get to the rough spots, hold it while turning from side to side or using the infinity. Move in holding the attention where it gets difficult so that we don't fixate our attention. It's so simple, and we all fixate all the time. And yet we don't know <laughs> that we're fixating. So just build it in. Build it into the practice. Build it into the attention, the accepting, the appreciating, and now the allowing. Allowing dynamically. Allowing for this precious intention to bring forth the seeds and the germination. Allowing. allowing ourselves to pursue our deepest needs, values, and wishes, liberating ourselves from the compulsion to be controlling and becoming compassionate toward controlling people, opening, allowing, opening to unconditionality is a profound key to personal power. Beyond excess control is wise limit setting making it safe to be ourselves. Wise limit setting, <clears throat> becoming the holding environment. At first, arms around us, and then a wise no, establishing agreed-upon limits. Allowing, 
allowingly granting to others and protecting in ourselves the right to live without outside control, the right to live freely, allowing the manifestation of our dream. And finally, the last of the five core attitudes, affection, giving and receiving love. Through the portal of your Equinox 2013 intention, feeling love calling to love. Love not solely as a feeling, but as a conscious choice. Love not solely as a feeling, but as a conscious choice to give and receive in unique and often challenging ways, practicing mindfulness as a path to loving presence, opening more than ever to feeling lovable. As most of us know what it takes for us to feel loved, we are learning more and more how to ask for it, showing my love in every thought and word and action lovingly living as we feel for others, for the universe, for ourselves. Attending, accepting, appreciating, allowing, loving. Attending, accepting, appreciating, allowing, loving, attending, accepting, appreciating, allowing, loving.
respect the divinity within you. Namaste.